But this week is a preparation week. Let me say it's a week of equipping you for the harvest to come. It is necessary for God's people to know who the Holy Spirit is. And also to know the works of the Holy Spirit. And also to understand how to move with the Holy Spirit. How to operate the gift of the Spirit. And how to receive endowment of the Spirit. So this morning, I mean this evening, we are going to go from introducing you to the Holy Spirit. Can I say this to you? You know, I've been with the Lord now for so many years. What is this year? 2017. 1966. Let me say 1967 to 2017. How many years is that? All of you mathematicians talk. Uh, how many years is that? 50 years. Then plus one. So I've been an intercessor from 1966, which is 51 years this year. A member of what you call the light of the world in Christ Apostolic Church. But over the years also that I became a minister, I've been teaching on the Holy Spirit now every year for the past 27 is it 1990 but what god was revealing to me in this season amazes me i would like to share with you the amazement and during this seminar i will allow you to ask me questions as well This convention came by the inspiration of God and divine revelation that came thereafter when the Lord told me that every year Christ with Tabernacle globally should celebrate some uh, conventions. And the first convention he said was that we should celebrate the Holy Ghost convention because many Christians don't know about the Holy Spirit. And during which when we will explore deeply about who the Holy Spirit is. The intention of it is for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. And during this week we'll understand the difference between you receiving the Holy Spirit which brings you salvation and when the Holy Spirit comes upon a person the manifestation that comes thereafter. So that we can operate in the gift of the Spirit. When you understand the Holy Spirit better it will be easy for you to operate with the gift of the Spirit. But having said that, the Lord gave us the scripture, the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. If we look at the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says, And you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then you shall become... No, let's read together. Please, shall we together? But you, hey, stop. <laughs> Let's read that scripture together. No. Yes, that's what I want to hear. Because that scripture was speaking to you. And you now are reading that scripture as you. No, you read it to yourself. Because it says that you will receive power. And who is the you he's talking about? So let's read together then. And I... Uh-huh.
The scripture tells us that we will receive power. Jesus was the one speaking. After when the Holy Spirit has come upon us. And then it says we shall become weaknesses. In Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. Now we understand that Jesus was talking, you know, um, directly in the presence of the apostles before he ascended. But he was talking to those not only the apostles, but to those who will believe Christ through them. Because Acts chapter 2 tells us the evidence of that. Alright? But if you look at this, interesting. It reveals Holy Spirit here as the power of God that will bring the manifestation of you and I spreading the gospel. Isn't it? It says you will receive power after the Holy Spirit that come upon you, and then you will be my witnesses. So it means that any, any witnessing about Christ without the Holy Spirit is a waste of time. Now if we look at the book of Mark 16. It says in verse 19, So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere while the Lord walked with them and confirmed their message with what? Come on now, do we have it on the board? Let's look at it together. Don't worry, I have many versions with me here. Just keep on your NIV. Let's read together. After the Lord Jesus has spoken, verse 19, 16, 19, Mark. Correct? Shall we read it together? After the Lord Jesus has spoken to them, he was taken up to heaven, and he sat at the right hand of God, Now we understand the fact that the Bible says here some interesting things. After the Lord Jesus has said what he said in Acts chapter 1 verse 7, verse 8, he, he ascended to heaven. But then the disciples did what? Went out and what? Preached everywhere. I want us to understand the, 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 the um, procedure of this. They went out and they preached everywhere. They were not asking God, should we go and preach or should we not go? Because he has said to them, go into all the whole world and preach the gospel. And the Bible says, they went and preached everywhere. But after they obeyed and went to preach, to testify about Jesus, what happened? Then the Lord walked with them. And confirmed his word by signs that accompanied. The first thing that we're looking at here is, if you want the Holy Spirit to confirm the word, go out and pray the gospel. Go out and pray the gospel. You know, sometimes people pray for power, believers. And they fast so much for power of the Holy Spirit. And he came up with nothing. 
You and I can understand. If you are telling the Lord, give me power, give me power, empower me by the Holy Spirit, God is asking you, where are you preaching? Where are you preaching? Where is your testimony? Because the purpose of the power is to confirm the testimony about Jesus Christ. Those of us who go from nation to nation to preach the gospel, we have a common denominator that we can we agree on very well. When you are in the midst of Christians, miracles happen. But when you are in the midst of ungodly people, wonders happen, plus miracles. Because signs and wonders is not for the church. Are we together now? Signs and wonders is for those who have not known Christ. Why miracles happen in the church, signs and wonders happen when we go out. Of course, sometime when, if somebody was sent here by the devil, and the Holy Spirit wants to just excite us, the power of God will hit them and they can manifest some strange signs. But when we talk about God operating the signs and wonders, it always happens when we confront the powers of darkness. When we take the gospel to the very place where Satan has his dwelling. Because there is no need for power given to a man who does not testify about the Son of God. So, signs and wonders, therefore, is the affirmation of God's approval to the gospel of Jesus Christ as is preached. Signs and wonder is the affirmation of God's approval to the, sign, to, the, to the gospel of Jesus Christ that is preached. So if a person does not preach the gospel, he will never experience signs and wonders. Now, during this week, we'll be looking at the gifts of the Spirit... We'll be looking at the difference between Holy Spirit coming into me and Holy Spirit coming upon me. And we'll be looking at hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit. What can you do that you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit? I mean distinct, not in your mind now. I mean hearing the voice distinct of the Holy Spirit. When someone says that um, I had the still gentle voice, what does it mean? How can you encounter it? And then we'll be looking at the ministry of angels and the Holy Spirit. And then we'll be looking at operating in all the gifts of the Spirit. But for now, in the last scripture of John, of Acts chapter 1, verse 18, verse 8, the Bible says that Jesus said, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon me, upon you, and you will be my witnesses first in Jerusalem, and then it says, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Can I say this? Every believer has a Jerusalem that God has planted in, which should be your first local environment. 
But if you look at that scripture, it says that you will be my witnesses in that jurisdiction, but then you will be my witnesses all Judea, and then you will be my witnesses in all Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. Now, can I help us understand this? If you cannot saturate your Jerusalem, what are you going to do in your Judea and Samaria? You cannot start a church now here, and then before you know it, you are thinking after by a year or two, I'm going to Germany. To do what? To do what? If you look at the scripture in the book of Acts chapter 2, the Bible tells us that in verse 1, when the day of Pentecost has fully come, they were together in one place, and then the, the, the you know, heavens, there was, a, there was a, a, you know, a sound like a rushing wind, all right, and then... You know, a tongue like fire came from heaven, and that tongue of fire split and rested over all of them. And the Bible says, and they began to speak in the new tongue. Now, if you look at the report, therefore, from chapter 1 of Acts, they continued in Jerusalem until Jerusalem was saturated. Everywhere in Jerusalem had the gospel. Because they preached everywhere that they went. And then if you look at it, if you go to chapter 5, you begin to see the reports of religious men coming into salvation. And this, the gospel spread in Jerusalem. And then in chapter 6, the church grew so much that they had to appoint deacons and deaconesses uh, to begin to look at administrative affairs. Then... So, something happened to them. Because Jesus said Jerusalem, and then Judea, and then Samaria. He didn't say you shall be my witness in Jerusalem only, which is the, the primary place of abode. And when they did not move, what happened? Persecution arose. And it is by persecution from chapter 7, Stephen was turned to death, and then they began to run, and they began to spread. Persecution is what God used to spread them because they were having a good time in Jerusalem. You know, miracle signs and wonders. Church was growing big. <coughs> but then Jesus has said to them, You will be my witness in Jerusalem, then Judea, and then Samaria. No wonder the persecution came so strong in Jerusalem. Many of the members escaped, and the church that was thousands of people just went down straight like that. But the Bible tells us that everywhere they went, they preached the gospel. Isn't it? Come on now. Everywhere they went, they preached the gospel. Yes? You agree with me? Say yes. Okay. So everywhere they went, they preached the gospel. And something happened in chapter 8. Let's read together from verse 1. Chapter 8 of Acts, verse 1. Are we all reading together? Okay, let's start reading it again. No, let's read chapter, chapter... Okay, yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh-huh. 
So in that persecution, look at something distinct here. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church at Jerusalem. And all except who? Were scattered. Excuse me, a church that is more than 5,000. You know, on the Pentecost, the, the people who gave their life to Christ were 3,000 in one section. One preaching. And then you have the, 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 the beautiful gates miracle. It blew up the church. Can you imagine this cathedral filled up? We are doing five services. And then persecutions arose. Everybody had to run for their life except the trustees only. Hello? Will somebody not say that devil attacked us? Yes? Isn't it? So all the fellowship you're going to have and chat together and uh, having cool time and stuff is gone. Just overnight. But it's not the devil, it is God. You don't want God to persecute, to send persecution, then go out to the streets. Whenever you come to church and you are fed, God expects you to go out and feed others. Let me say this to you. You will never see a shepherd of sheep giving birth to sheep. No, it is the sheep that gives birth to sheep, not the shepherd. Have you ever asked yourself, why did everybody run for their life and the apostles remain? Excuse me, somebody. <laughs> I saw a vision. Something happened and many big churches became empty. And I saw this coming to pass sooner than we think. Persecution will come upon this church age. Because the mandates of heaven that we are given is to go and preach the gospel. To everybody, every nation. So they remain. But look at, let's look at the next verse. It says, Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him because he was killed in the previous chapter. Now, what happened thereafter? But Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house, he dragged off men and women and put them in what? Prison. You know, I was listening to one of my friends who was talking about this end time. And he's a man I approve of, really. He has also had the ministry of angels and stuff like that. And he was talking about that Jesus came to speak to him and told him that, look, tell the church there have been a lot of doctrines about persecution, you know, the tribulation time and also like that. And he said, tell the church that tribulation will happen when we are still on earth. And I'm sure that the present age church, I don't think they understand what tribulation is. But we have the duty to prepare for tribulation. Because when tribulation will happen, it is only those who are genuinely connected to God that remain. With God. Let me give you an example. Presently, tribulation has started. You will have heard about this ISIS issue. They went to a village in uh, Syria, and the, a Christian village, they lined up 1,000 men and they cut off their throats on the same day. Alright? During the same period, some rose up in Nigeria. They invaded a village and took 200 kids and escaped. Killed them, slaughtered them. 
You know, because in England we are not having that, that situation now, and in Europe we are not having that situation now. Some of us who are Christians in this part of the continent, we think that there is no persecution going on. Understand this. Those who are being slaughtered in Syria never had a dream that it would happen. And before you knew it, Syrians became refugees. People who had comfort, who had houses, who were well placed in the organization, serving God every day and enjoying the bliss of the day. Somebody took a decision, some people got involved with the decision, and that decision ended up in a catastrophe. And persecution arose, and they were slaughtered. Of course, the world knew about it, but they couldn't do anything. Listen to me. There's something I want to read within the lines here. This man saw who was destroying the church and dragging them out to be killed. Can God have mercy on a man like that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, what prayer should Christians be praying for ISIS members? Salvation. It's salvation. What should the church of God in Nigeria be praying for Boko Haram? Salvation. Salvation. Because you understand that the Holy Spirit is in the middle of all these. For them, they were having a cool time in Jerusalem. Why the Holy Spirit, where Jesus said to them, once the Holy Spirit come, don't remain in Jerusalem. Saturate Jerusalem and then move. But look at the next verse. It says, Those who have been scattered preach the word. <laughs> Come on now, what did they do? <laughs> Say it again now. <laughs> this is Holy Ghost Convention. If something happened in England and you lose your job and everybody is on its run, what does God expect of you? Preach the word. This is the reason for this convention. You know, when you wake up in the morning and you are still in the comfort of your house and you are having fellowship and you are praying and you are going to work and coming back, you are blessing God and saying, oh, the Lord is good. What about if situation changes suddenly and you cannot come to this place? What will happen to your Christianity? But it might happen in England. Really, when the persecution now spread... England were part of the places that persecute believers. Because we're looking at the record of us in the United Kingdom very recently, and we discovered that Christians in UK are already being persecuted. Your children have been, your schools have been given curriculum to teach your children about homosexuals and stuff like that. That is a normal way of life. Really now they are telling your children, they are, they are trying to build host, um, uh, toilets in your primary schools and secondary schools that, that is no gender. And in your offices, so that your wives will go into a toilet and a man will go in there who just said, I'm a woman. If he can say, I'm a woman, he can go there and see the nakedness of your wives. And this thing is moving fast. And the church could not stop it. I mean, let's face reality. You know, at the beginning we had civil partnership. All right? For those who are homosexuals, and you have marriage for those who are heterosexual. 
But then, suddenly, like a joke, they now said they grant homosexuals marriage, but they deny heterosexual of civil partnership. A law that is direct discrimination. Did anybody speak? Those who protested, did their protest change the decision? Listen to me. Persecution will arise in England against Christians. Serious one. Very, very serious one. You know what? Without the Holy Spirit, many will deny Christ. If your Christianity is only thanking God when things are good, listen to me. These guys ran for their lives, but the scattered husband went to the east, the wife went to the west, children scattered, they don't know where they were. But everywhere they went, they did what? Preach the gospel. They preached the gospel. Mm. So what happened in the next verse? Shall we read it together? Then Now listen to this. Samaria is a place of idol worshipping. A non-Christian world. Can I say something to you now? Every city of Europe is like Samaria. London is Samaria. Because if you look at London, UK, and you look at Germany, Martin Luther, the rest of them came from all those places, France, God raised so many great men who preached the gospel uh, many years ago. But today, even I was told that some Christians in their offices were introduced to yoga. And they told them that, you know, it's just uh, to relax your muscles. Hallelujah. And then just blank your mind. Don't think about anything. We just came back from our brethren from India where we were told about the man who invented yoga who is a guru which is a demonic thing but some Christians also in England have said that it's nothing it's just uh, you know meditation excuse me somebody if you look at this Samaria is like UK. Samaria is like Germany, like Frankfurt, like, like Ireland, like France. Now, Samaria cannot be saved without the manifestation of signs and wonders. That's what I'm telling you about Samaria. You need to know this. If you go to the streets to preach the gospel to a blind... If the eyes of the blind was restored on the streets, it's different from somebody who is just telling them that Jesus can heal. If you preach the gospel to a cripple and the lame jump up and begin to run, 
It is different from somebody who says to someone that God can heal you. This is where the Holy Spirit comes to those who are believers of Christ. Holy Spirit is indispensable for anybody who profess to know Jesus Christ. Really, it should be the most sought after on your earthly region when you are still on earth. Because you and I can do nothing without the Holy Spirit. I can testify to the fact that when the Holy Spirit manifests power, it puts an end to every preaching. Are you together now? When the power of the Holy Spirit manifests through ordinary people, it puts an end to every dichotomy. Look at this scripture. It says, when the crowd had Philip and they saw the miraculous signs he did, they all did what? Come on, they all did what? Come on, they all did what? You will receive that power in this week. People are waiting. The Bible says the whole creation waits with eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. Someone has said to me before that, you know, we don't have many miracles happening in London. But when we go on, on, the street, on, on missions, we see miracles happening. And one of the ministers says, why? And I have the answer to the why. This is the why. When we are going into those nations that we see miracles happen... The state of mind we have is different from when we are working in England. Do you agree with me? Consider it. From this church we went to a, a, a village where they worship idols in Nigeria. That's just idols. Because they are witches and wizards and wicked people. Alright? Our state of mind approaching them is different. We have expectation. And in those places, because our, uh, our frame of mind, you know, because this is devil, real devil, and they tell you we are devil, it's not a matter of joke. You mess about, they, they, they will just send you to Galo. They have sent many to Galo by their, by their charms and spells. They are so confident of themselves. But in those places, you know, we were challenged by the power of their, of, their, of, their, of their voodoo and all stuff like that. And because of that, we spoke. And whether obeyed, we spoke. And lame walk and blind saw. We spoke. The evil bird they sent to kill us dropped dead. Because of our state of mind. When we commanded the evil bird... From this cloud, life out of that evil bird, and it came down dead. It changed the whole atmosphere of that place. People were bringing their idols, bringing their charms, okay? And the same also in England. Do you know what I find different? When we get to England, we cool off. Yes. That's what happened to us. When we come to England, we cool off. You know, this type of frame of mind we had when we went to all those places confronting their idols and we burned their idols and destroyed all their powers and stuff like that because we saw physical confrontation. We come to London, you are going on the streets of, 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 of uh, Woolwich. Even sometimes some of you are afraid to tell someone about Jesus. Isn't it? You are pointing uh, tracks to the person you should stop and tell him that, do you know where you are going when you die? <laughs> But when we go to Africa or we go to India, they say this one is a guru. We tell him, what are you talking about, guru? When you die, where are you going? 
But when we come to England, our frame of mind changes. And it is your frame of mind that is very important for the operation of the Holy Spirit. Because it is your mind faith operates. Do you understand me? So I told those pastors that, you know, it's we who God used in those places. Miracles happen in those places. Dead or raised in our meetings. But in London, what are we doing? Our frame of mind in London. Devil is very subtle in, the, in Europe. He's a gentleman with black suit or blue suit and white collar, white shirt, and very, very gentle and calm. The time has come for us to change our frame of mind. Look at what the Bible says. The crowd, when the crowd had Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they paid attention to him. Tonight, I want to take you through some things that Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. Just to prepare your heart and we will key in into this mind operation by the time we get into tomorrow. When we talk about gifts and operating the power and the nine gifts of the Spirit. I wanted to write this down. Holy Spirit is a promise from Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit is a promise from Jesus Christ. Number two, you can know the Holy Spirit. And number three, you can see the Holy Spirit. Look at the book of John 14:15 to 17. It says, Jesus was speaking here, if you love me, you will obey what I command, or you will obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor or comforter to be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you, and he will be in you. Now, this scripture helps us to understand some things about the Holy Spirit. What I was showing you in the introduction of the Holy Spirit is that is the power. When you receive the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, you will receive power with the Holy Spirit. And it's the power that can help you to evangelize. Because as you evangelize and the Holy Spirit testifies to Jesus, you will see the blind see, the lame walk, dead are raised. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. But it's good enough for us to understand that, but also we need to understand that Jesus spoke about this Holy Spirit. He began to say, if you love me, you will obey my command. Why would Jesus talk about you loving him to obey his command when he's about to tell you about the Holy Spirit? Listen to this. Because your love for God and your obedience to Christ... Is what the Lord needs to endow you with the Holy Spirit. It says here, if is a condition, you love me. Those who love me are not those who profess that I love him. But those who obey his command are those who love him. And Jesus said, as a reward to those who love him. He 
will ask the Father, and the Father will give another counselor to be with us forever. Now, let me help you understand if we go back to the Acts chapter 1, verse um, uh, 10. If you read from that Acts chapter 1, but from verse 8 to 10, Jesus was talking about you receive power after the Holy Spirit come upon you. Then go to verse 9. He says, after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and the cloud hid him from their sight. The next verse says, they were looking intently up in the sky as he was going uh, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them and they said... Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same manner or in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Now look at this scripture. After Jesus Christ said to them, um, Jesus Christ has gone, he commanded them that they should tarry in Jerusalem until they endure with power. That's the command. Now what happened to the disciples? In the next verse, verse 12, it says, Then the disciples returned to Jerusalem from the hill called the Mount of Olive, a Sabbath day walk from the city. The next verse, those of you who are going on the trip next week's Monday to Israel, I will show you all this place when we get to Israel. You will see what it means by that. It says when they arrived, they went upstairs. We're going to visit the upper room when we go. It's still there till today. Uh, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, and Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simeon, Zelot, and Judas, son of James. The next verse says, shall we read that together? They all... Excuse me, you want Holy Spirit? Pray. Obey the command, he says. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. <laughs> Everything of the Spirit is easy. When I was in Greece recently, and I was um, ministering to ministers, I was talking about deliverance, you know, the ministry of deliverance and the miracle signs and wonders and stuff. A minister asked me, and also in India, those of you who went to India will remember the minister who asked me when I said, a Christian does not need to fast to cast out demons, a Christian does not need to fast to heal the sick, a Christian does not need to fast to have encounters of God. And he asked me, but Jesus said in the book of Mark 9 that this kind cannot go out except by fasting and prayer. I said, yes. I said, but does God mean when you see a demon possessed, then you say, I'm coming. Then you go and fast. Is that what God is saying? Because if you go and fast before you come back, the demon will kill that person because he knows that he doesn't have time. If you come back, you come and cast him out, he would rather kill the person. Jesus wasn't talking about that. I said, let's look at Jesus himself. In the book of Luke chapter, chapter 4, the Bible says Jesus Christ, after he was baptized, he was driven by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness where he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Then in, the, in verse 14 or so, he says, he returned in the power of the Spirit and the news of him spread. Okay, Jesus did not see a demon possessed and then he went to fast. No, he didn't do that. He sought himself out with God first. 
While he was fasting, Jesus did not fast to ask God for power to cast out devils. No, he didn't ask him that. He went to seek the face of God so that man will connect back with the Father. All right? When you fast as a Christian, if you fast when you are in trouble, you have, you have taken a wrong step. Because it says when you see a mountain, say to the mountain. It didn't say fast to the mountain. It said if you will say to this mountain, be ye removed, it shall be removed. You can imagine when I went to, to the voodoo land in Nigeria and the witches were going to kill us. How many minutes do you have to fast when you are faced with death? They sent a bird to kill us. The bird was flying and he's in the cathedral. Excuse me. That bird will have killed and will have gone. Now, there's no time to fast about that. What do you do? You speak to that bird and that's it and he's dead. Command life out of him. And that's what I did. He's in a height that catapult cannot reach him. You cannot throw stone to hit him. So what do you do then? Speak to it. The Holy Spirit told me why you're wasting your time praying. Command life out of him. After we have prayed up and down, and he too is flying. We are praying, he's flying. We are praying, and he too is flying. Hallelujah, somebody. It's on the video. I, I, we have prayed for 15 minutes, rebuking that bird in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you. And I came. The Holy Spirit says, Command life out of him. And when he said that, I said, I command life out of you. Within 60 seconds, he came down dead. Perfectly dead. Now, let me say this to you, therefore. I will fast to seek the face of God, not to seek power. Because the power is in the spirit. And whenever the spirit comes upon a man, he manifests the power in a man. But for the spirit to come upon a man, Jesus said, you must love me and keep my commandments. Yeah? A soldier who goes about trying to shine his gun and prepare his gun when battle is, is at the door, he will fail the battle. Soldiers keep their weapons all the time. Get ready for fight every day. It's not when war comes, they will go and test whether that plane has been serviced or whether the engine is working. So we fast to seek the face of God as a normal life because we love the Lord. We want to know more of Him. We fast like Moses would do. We pray, teach me your ways, O God, that I may continue to find favor before you. Exodus 33 verse 7, uh, 13 rather. And it says that, you know, if your presence doesn't go with me in verse 15 and 16, do not send me. Let your presence go with me. And then in 1819, he says, show me your glory. That's what we fast for. We fast for relationship, to know God more, to cleanse ourselves on a regular basis, to train your tongue, to train your mind, so that our mind will not be a place for evil to reside. Because with that, Satan will overcome that body when we go into much into that in the week. The reason why the devil destroys Christians. Hello? What repels Holy Spirit attracts the devil. What repels Holy Spirit attracts the devil. Listen to me, therefore. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? Those who have what? Aha, uh-huh, and your tongue. Are we together? Someone says, I don't know what is wrong with my tongue. Then fast 
To overcome that which you don't know. The, the Bible says the lips of a priest ought to preserve knowledge. And out of his mouth men should seek counsel because he's a servant of the Most High God. Malachi chapter 2 verse 8. 7 and 8. Now therefore listen to me. For Holy Spirit to fill a vessel, the vessel must be holy. For Holy Spirit to fill a lips, that lips must be sanctified. For the Holy Spirit of God to come upon a man, that man must obey God. Blessed is the man who was not in the counsel of the wicked, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. In the law of the Lord he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the riverside, and yield his fruits in his season. What is the river? The Holy Spirit. It is Holy Spirit. So therefore, in that John 14... He says, if you love me, you will what? Obey what I command. Then he says, and I will ask the Father, and he will what? Give you the counselor who will be with you forever. Then ended up by that Acts chapter chapter 1. And which tells you that after Jesus has ascended, they gather together to pray. They joined they all, not some of them, not some members of the church, they join, what did they say, together, constantly, in what? Hello, in what? In what? In what? In what? What did they join constantly to do? Prayer. Come on now. We'll talk more about this. Do you know what prayer does? It purifies your heart. A Christian who prays regularly will seldom sin. Especially if you observe the hours of prayer, within three hours you talk to God. Within three hours you talk to God. You will not be a Christian that will get angry within the period of, you know, within the, when you finish praying, the next prayer will come. Get angry and then begin to abuse uh, with your tongue and your mind, device evil, and you begin to curse. It can happen to you. It cannot happen to you. Because your lips cannot produce evil and also godly things at the same time. A praying heart is a mind that is always connected to heaven who seeks for God in every activity and event. That is what praying, regularly praying will do for you. It will sanitize your human mind. So, these people prayed. They were there and they kept on praying. Day and night, they gathered and they would pray. So what happened? The Bible says among those who were praying were Mary, the one that Jesus cast demons out, seventy ones out of, and the mother of Jesus and his brothers were there. Excuse me. <laughs> Woo! Prayer. This week, guard up your loins. We will pray into the power. I didn't hear you. If any Christians you pray, if enemies are after you, they are messing up your life, bamboozing you, I have a solution for you. Pray yourself through to God. And look behind you. You won't find them again. 
Okay? Instead of praying against this enemy, that enemy, that enemy, ah, ah. Pray yourself into God. When you turn to situation and you speak, then you see manifestation. And that's what we're going to practice this week. It will happen to you. I love this, and it says in verse 15, In those days Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, Brothers, the scriptures had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David, concerning Judas, who served as God for those who arrested Jesus. The next verse says, He was one of, of, one of our number and shared in his ministry. I'm reading this scripture because I heard the voice of God about this today for you. And I'll say when we get there. Look at the next verse. It says, With the reward he got, his, uh, with the reward he got for his wickedness, Judas bought a field. There, there he fell headlong. His, his body burst open and all his intestines spilled out. Then it says, Everyone in Jerusalem heard about this, so they called that field, the field in their language, Akadama. That is the field of blood. Now the next verse. Shall we read this together? For Peter said, it's... I hope you didn't miss that. That's just a prophetic we have spoken. Go to King James Version for me. God spoke to me about this today. Read it again. Do you understand what they're saying? Let me first help you understand two things that these disciples did before they entered the manifestation. Prayer and word. They put their life right in the word. God told me to tell you, everyone that will influence you or assign against your life by the devil, in this week their places shall be made desolate. He was part of them. But he was a traitor. He was, he was among them to shipwreck others. His place has to be made desolate. And God will replace those people that Satan has positioned around you. Who will be the matthias of the day who will build your life into destiny. This is what the Lord told me in this season. This week, two things you must do. Pray. Check the word of God to correct your life. That's what it is. Two things you must do. Listen to me. If you are fed up of being defeated, there's a way out. We are Christians who every word of God must be fulfilled in our lives. God didn't write those words for anybody but us. But the condition Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my command. And the command Jesus gave these people, they, they prayed regularly, and then they read the scripture, and they put right their lives. They put their life right. When all that is done, look at what happened in chapter 2, verse 1. They kept on praying, and it says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Yes, 
Then suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house, not some of the house. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now listen, therefore, they saw what seemed like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each one of them. I love what took place thereafter. All of them were what? Filled with the Holy Spirit. It says all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. And then they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled. In this week, you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you have been baptized, be filled again with the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit will come upon you in power. It will give utterances to your mouth. You will begin to reveal these mysteries that are hidden. This is the church of God. They were all, not some of them, filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to do things they could not do naturally. You have power, but it's in the Holy Spirit. You have a hope, it's in the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. You have vision, it's in the Holy Spirit. You have victory, it's in the Holy Spirit. Everything that God has provided is in the Holy Spirit. But then you cannot manifest unless the Holy Spirit come upon you. The Holy Spirit that is in you must come out and come upon you. Well, I, I read to you in the book of First uh, Samuel 10 to 13 during the week. When Samuel saw Saul, the Bible says he told Saul, the donkey you are looking for has been found. And the Lord told me to tell you, when you find the Holy Spirit, everything that is lost in your, in your life shall be recovered. Amen. The Bible says, Samuel anointed Saul. If you read the scripture. And it says, and he told him, as you depart from me, three things will happen to you. Divine favor, divine provision, and divine manifestation. Favor will come. He said, you will meet, you meet a, a company of people... They will be carrying loaves of bread and, and goats, and they will give you two out of the three. It says then, you will meet a company of prophets, and the Spirit of God will come upon you in power, and you will begin to prophesy. Listen to me. Something will happen to you from heaven this week. Why should a Christian be struggling when you have God in you? Let me finish this night. This I'm reading to you, that's what is yours. Let me finish that, John. And it says in that book of John, verse 16, chapter 14, and I will ask the Father, I will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Shall we read the last line together in verse 17? But you know him. Say, but I know him. He lives in me. And he is in me. He is with me and he is in me. Now let me say something to you. You may be saying to me that, but the Holy Spirit is in me, but why, why, why? You look powerless. And this week he will come upon you. Amen. 
Anybody who is born again, the Holy Spirit enters into him. We'll look at several scriptures on that tomorrow before we go into prayer. All right? Anybody who has accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit lives in them. But it's different from to be filled with the Holy Spirit or be baptized in the Holy Spirit. To be baptized in the Holy Spirit, when you accept Jesus, you receive the Holy Spirit inside you. It is the Holy Spirit that makes you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's the beginning of the work of the Holy Spirit. But, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, so it is now. You ask. It is by prayer. Look at Jesus when he was attending to that in the book of Luke chapter 11, verse 9 to 13. Luke chapter 11, verse 9 to 13. It says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door shall be opened. How many of you have never heard that scripture? If you have heard that scripture before, wave your hands to me. Now, let me help you understand this. I want to show you the context in which Jesus gave this message. Though we have applied it to everything, it works. You want promotion, you ask, you get it. You want healing, you ask, you get it. You want favor, you want mercy, you ask. And really, in the church of God or not today, if we begin to pray against the enemies to overthrow, overpower, some people can break their hands on it because you're asking. And you get it. Yes? The whole Moses will rise. But let's see in the context that Jesus was speaking here. The next verse says, For everyone who asks receives. Did you see this now? He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door is open. Can I help you understand before we go further? Everyone who asks receives. You ask in prayer. Yes? He who seeks finds. There are two machineries used in seeking God. One is fasting and one is the study of the word of God. One is fasting, one is the study of the word of God. I beg you to listen to me very attentively. (laughs) the power of God is easy to operate but the rules are rigid the rules don't bend for anybody no matter how whoever you are those who seek God find God there is a question I was asked in Greece and I had a question also sent to me from India Someone was so excited about my book I wrote on my encounter with Jesus and his holy angels. And he asked me, what can I do to begin to see? I don't want to see the Lord. I want to see angels. I want to, be, I want to go to heaven. And he said to me that, how many times did you fast before you had an encounter of the Lord Jesus? And I said, none. I didn't fast for one day. 
when the first time Jesus appeared to me, what the Holy Spirit did was that he put a hunger in my heart. That hunger was a hunger for the Lord Jesus. I just wanted to see him. I, didn't, I wanted to see him more than any other thing. I, didn't, I wasn't comfortable with any other thing at all. And I began to pray every three hours. And all my prayer is, Lord, I want to see you. Are you the one I'm seeing on television? Are you the one I'm seeing? In... I had Christmas cards in those days. Every Christmas card carried the image of Jesus. Not the tree. It's the image of Jesus they put in the cards in those days. So, and I have several images that came with cards and I set them on my table. I said, are you this? This doesn't look like the other. This is different from this. Who are you among them? And I began to, to pray, seeking God. Every three hours I would pray, usually pray and, and ask him. Then to, to the time when I, that when I sleep in the midnight, I will wake up within the three hours and pray. On the 21st day was my first journey to heaven. The Lord took me to heaven where I met Father Abraham. I did not fast one day. Let me tell you the prayer method my, my father taught me. He said to me that anytime you want to pray, first thank God for who God is. Give him glory out of your heart. Really bless him and exalt him and magnify him. And he told me that you can tell God the same thing every day. He likes to hear it. There's no tautology with God when it comes to thanking him. Then he said to me that after thanking God very well, confess your sins before him and ask for mercy. Ask for cleansing before you start asking him for anything. And I did those things passionately. About the 30th day, the Lord Jesus appeared to me. And ever since then, I understood. God does not want your fasting. He needs your heart. I would get now. But when we fast... The purpose of our fasting is to cleanse our heart and mind and our tongue. And when we fast to do that and we attain the height, we are not expected by God to go back to our vomit. Excuse me. If you can practice that, you'll be shocked in a matter of a few days. That scripture says, whoever seeks, find, and whoever knocks, the door will be opened to whoever knocks. Look at the next verse. Can we read it together, please? Uh huh. Did you see why Jesus is saying that seek you shall find, ask you shall receive? The reason why Jesus said, ask you receive, seek you find, not the door shall be open to you, was because he wanted to show you and I how to get the Holy Spirit. 
Are we in tune together? Because we're going to pray now. Jesus says, if you bad fathers, and remember that we are earthly and we are flesh. Man can be wicked now and be good the next minute. But if bad fathers who are flesh know how to give good things to their own children, how will your heavenly father, I love this. How much more would your heavenly father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask to those who ask, to those who ask, to those who seek, to those who knock, they get the Holy Spirit. Stand up on your feet. Now, before, okay, sit down. (laughs) Hey, okay, let's start up together now. We want to do something tonight. You want to prove the word is true. If you look at this scripture Jesus said here, he was telling the disciples that, look, I promised the Holy Spirit, but it cannot come without your prayer. It can't come. Because when the time comes, those who seek him will find him. Those who ask of him will receive And it says, (laughs) To them who knock, visions shall be given. Listen to me. And that book of Acts chapter 2 said, When the day of Pentecost came after they had prayed, they prayed, they were there for 50 days, you know. They prayed 40 more days after ascension. But the Bible says that after they prayed, they had like a wind blow in this church, but they never saw a wind. But they had a sound. Alright? But then, the eyes must have been open. Where is this wind from? That is why the Bible says, and they saw a tongue. One tongue came from heaven, not several tongues. Came in through the roof, into the room. While they were looking at the tongue, the tongue splits. Into 120 pieces, one tongue. And it rested on the head of each one of them. Right? And they began. Let me tell you my testimony of baptism of the Holy Spirit. I had a vision about a year or two before. While I was praying every hour, every hour, every hour. And in that vision I came to the church. I was coming to my old church. And as I was going towards the door, I saw the sky, and in the, the cloud was like a moon shape, and in the moon was the head of a man, and as the man began to turn his face towards me, the cloud was unwrapped, and his hands were stretched, and I saw it was the Lord Jesus, and you know, in my heart, when I was asking Jesus to appear to me, My main request is, when I see him, I'm going to ask him only one thing. And what is that one thing? Give me power. That's it. That's what I want to ask him. And when he appeared, I was so overwhelmed that I was saying, I could not bring the word out of me. Now this is what happened. And then after looking at me in a smile, and I could not ask him, he waited for me, I couldn't bring out the word out of my mouth. Okay? 
he went back into the clouds. And then in that vision, I went into the church. And I saw a minister like you are seeing me today. And that minister was conducting crusade and he said, for that day, if you want the baptism of the Holy Spirit, pray. Okay? He first said that we will fast for three days. And I knew that we are fasting for three days in that vision. That was the third day. And he said, ask for it now. And I began to pray, asking the Lord, baptize me with the Holy Spirit. Baptize me with the Holy Spirit. As I was praying, I saw like fire falling down, like somebody took a bucket and poured fire on my head. And the whole of the fire burnt all over my body. It sank into my head. And my legs lifted up from the ground. I saw that. And the person sitting beside me ran out of the church. Okay? And I was speaking in some very deep tongue. Not da 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 da. I was, I was, I was discussing in tongue. You know, speaking in tongue just like that. Two years after, there was a crusade. And in that crusade... The minister said, fast for three days if you want the Holy Spirit. And pray. And so we started praying. On the third day, people were praying. People got baptized. The first day they came out. Second day people got baptized. They came out. On the third day, as I was praying, I was praying, seeking God, praying. Nothing happened. And I got so vexed in my spirit. (laughs) And I challenged God. And I began to tell God, look at my friend. When we are doing night VG, he doesn't come. You baptize him with the Holy Spirit. Look at that one. He doesn't do anything in church. And you give him the Holy Spirit. I do this and I do that. And you haven't given me to me. I want the Holy Spirit now. I want the Holy Spirit now. Baptize him with the Holy Spirit. As I was praying that rubbish prayer, <laughs> my eyes opened and I went back to the vision. And I saw that that man was the one I saw when I saw Jesus. The moment that vision came back, and the sitting that I saw in that revelation exactly as it was, it is. My prayer changed. And I began to thank God for the Holy Spirit. And I began to thank God from my depth of heart. I was so confident. Ah, this is the man I saw. This is the setting I saw. I am getting Holy Spirit today. And when the Spirit of God came upon me, exactly as I saw in the vision, it was like some fire just busted over my head and it went straight over me and physically my legs lifted from the ground a foot the guy beside me opened his eyes and saw it that i'm not standing on the ground he ran out of the church as i saw listen to me i'm not saying that you will have that same encounter because peradventure is because of my calling as an apostle that's why god marked that But you can have the same kind of heart. And you can have your own encounter too. In the same manner. To pray for the Holy Spirit, your heart must desire it. To pray for the Holy Spirit, you must see it. When you ask of it, you receive it. The Holy Spirit is for everyone who believes. So we're going to pray now. Very briefly, we're not going to pray for so long. The first thing we are going to do is that we want to thank God for the Holy Spirit. You will thank God for the Holy Spirit. Thank God for the promise. Thank the Lord Jesus for what the Holy Spirit has been in your life. The one who convicts you. The one who has directed you. The one who has inspired you. Lift up your voice. I'm going to thank the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. 
We thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit. The promise 